Greetings, friends. It's time for Bible College by Radio, brought to you from the campus of African Bible College. How great is our God? How great is His word? He's the greatest one that ever was heard. He rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea. And now for today's lesson, here is Mrs. Nell Chinchin. Welcome to Bible College by Radio. In our lesson today, we're going to be talking about diets. Everywhere you go, people are talking about their diet, you know. Sometimes they can say, don't eat sugar, or don't eat salt, or don't eat bread. All kinds of different ideas on what to eat. Well, today, we're going to talk about going off a diet of milk and eating meat. Now, my favorite type of meat is water deer. You know, water deer can be too sweet. Sometimes I can eat red deer or blue tongue, but the sweetest meat of the water deer is my favorite type of meat. Now, the meat we're going to talk about today is not meat for the body, but meat for the spirit. But before we get into this lesson, Aganwa, would you please help our listeners with a review of our last lesson, which was lesson four in Hebrews chapter four. Oh, I'll be very glad to do that, Mrs. Tintin. We saw in our last lesson what a serious thing it is not to believe God. How the children of Israel could not enter the promised land because of their unbelief. All right, then how do we enter into God's rest, Ganwo? Well, we do by faith. God wants us to stop trying and start trusting. Now, we also saw that salvation is a twofold gift. When we accept Christ as our Savior, we receive two things. What are they? Freedom from penalty of sin and freedom from the power of sin. All right, freedom from the penalty of sin and freedom from the power of sin. Now, we have a great high priest, Jesus Christ, who is able to make intercession for us now. He's also told us to come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and grace to help in time of need. All right, that's a wonderful thing to realize, isn't it, Ganwo? That we can come to God at any time, at any time. That Jesus Christ makes it possible for us to come directly into the presence of God. Now, before we learn more about our privileges as a believer from our lesson today in chapter 5 of Hebrews, which is lesson 5 for those of you who are taking the correspondent courses, would you please share these letters for us with our listeners? 
You have one there from Monrovia, Gonwell. Dear brother and sister in Christ, I take this time to write and inform you of my desire of taking a part of my time in studying the word of our Lord through a correspondence course with the Bible College by radio. I will be glad if you will send me your lesson sheets through the address on the back of the envelope. I listen to your broadcast daily. I want you to also pray for me. I am married and have six children. Please pray for them and for my wife also who is in the United States with one of my daughters. I am without a job, but the Lord, one day I know, will make it possible for me to get another job. May he bless you all. Yours in Christ. All right. Thank you, Gunwell. And certainly uh, we will remember our friend. You know the Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens. And when you're in the family of Christ, I know that there are other Christians who are concerned about uh, our friend here who has six children and uh, no way to support them. And we will just pray that he will soon find a position uh, where he can be uh, used and where uh, God can bless him and his family. You have another letter for us, Well, from Monrovia, I believe. Yeah. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Chin Chin, I take this time to thank you for your great contributions in interpreting the Word of God to both old and young people in Liberia and other parts of the world. Since late 1980, I have been one of your many regular listeners. I have found this program very much important and interesting in my life. In view of the foregoing, I would be very much appreciative were you to accept me to be one of your corresponding students. I am convinced that this course will help me to really understand and know what the Bible teaches about God and Jesus our Savior. Kindly send me all necessary information on the study and the first lesson of the course. May the Lord accept and prosper the work of your hands. And may the Lord continue to help both believers and non-believers to know Him. Friendly yours. Okay, thank you, Gunmo, for that very fine letter. And certainly this has been uh, a wonderful thing to realize as we here at Bible College by Radio receive letters from young people and old people, from college students, from high school students, from junior high school students, to up to students that uh, have been uh, way past school a long time. And so we know that uh, the Word of God is timeless, and uh, you don't have to be any special age to study the Word of God. You just need to listen, and the Holy Spirit will give you the understanding that you need. Nathaniel Gay has a letter for us from Nigeria. It reads, Beloved parents in Christ, may the peace of God that passes human understanding be multiplied unto you in Jesus' name. I praise God for another privilege to write you. My heart glitters with joy as I pick up my pen to write you. I am one of your adopted sons in the Lord through this ministry and also one of your correspondence course students. I thank God immensely for my life through your daily ministry, Bible College by Radio. I have not been able to post my correspondence course answer booklets because I would want to be clarified on something. The nature of my job does not allow me to enjoy the lessons true. We run three sheets in my factory. I made most of the lessons and for this reason I am unable to answer the lesson booklets the way I should. What should I do? Do I need to read the Bible and fill in the answers by myself or shall I post them like that? I am requesting for the next issues of the correspondence course. I am also requesting for special prayers that God might grant me special grace to overcome my weak point of love for women and advise me on what to do for it does not give me rest of mind. I am grateful to say remain the channel of God's blessings 
as he prospers his ministry through you. Greet my beloved brethren over there. God bless you all. Well, I might just make a comment to our friend about his problem, and that is, as we read in James, to flee youthful lust, and certainly he will have to avoid putting himself into positions where this could be a problem. But also, just fill up your heart and your mind with God's Word. This will certainly be of help in keeping you from temptation. And then as far as uh, taking your lessons down without listening to the radio, trying to complete the questions would not be very wise. Also, you can have someone tape the programs for you. Some of our students do that. But it is not wise to try to answer the questions without listening to the program being taught over the radio. But thank you for that very detailed letter, and we will try to remember you in our prayers here at Bible College by Radio. All right, so let's just look to the Holy Spirit now before we begin our lesson for today and ask him to give us that wonderful understanding that we need to understand God's Word. Gracious Heavenly Father, how we do praise you for your Word and thank you for these letters that tell us that there are those to whom the lessons that go out day after day have been meaningful in their lives. And we would ask today that those who are listening would be given the understanding that only can come through the Holy Spirit as he opens up this word to them. Open up our eyes that we might behold wonderful things out of your word today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now our lesson today brings us to a very interesting section of the Bible. We're going to be talking about two main things. Being called of God and having access to God. Now, we know that because of our sinful nature, we cannot come to God. We cannot come into God's presence. So two things have to happen first. We need someone to make a peace offering to God for our sins, first of all. And secondly, we need someone to intercede for us that we might communicate with God. Now, in the Old Testament days, God called certain men to do that particular job. He called them the high priests. Now, these high priests had to be a certain kind of a special type of person. In fact, under Judaism, this high priest was the highest possible religious office. He could go once a year into the holiest of holies in the tabernacle and make sacrifices for the people's sins. He was a picture, a type, we call it, of our great high priest, Jesus Christ. Christ met all the qualifications of a high priest. Now let's just look for a moment at some of those qualifications of a high priest and see if Christ did not meet them all. Ganwell, what was one of the main ones? Well, I know one important qualification. The high priest must be chosen from among men so he could act on their behalf. All right, that's good, Ganwell. Uh, the humanity of the high priest is essential. Why do you think that's important, Ganwell? Well, as a human being, he can understand human weakness and needs. Christ became man in order that he might sympathize with man or identify with man. All right, then another thing about the high priest is that he uh, had to be called by God, appointed to that position by God. And certainly Christ met that qualification as well. So the two main qualifications of a high priest are he must be a man, a human being, and he must be called of God. Is that correct? Yes, it is. All right, now, Ganwell, um, Christ, we read, suffered in every way like as we did, and yet he never sinned. He was the perfect atonement for our sins, and so now he can be our mediator. 
our way of access to God. I suppose, Mrs. Chin Chin, that is why angels cannot be our high priests. They never lived as a human being. True, Ganwo. Now let us look at these first three verses. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity, and by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. Now here we see the high priest is taken from among men, who can bear gently with the ignorant and erring. In other words, he understands and sympathizes with our weaknesses. And then uh, verse 4 tells us that no man takes this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. And uh, also he says in another place, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, so we see that the high priest receives his authority from God. He does not appoint himself to the position. God puts him there. Now, verses 5 and 6 show how Christ meets these two important qualifications. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you, as he said also in another place, There are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, first we see that Christ was appointed by God, and secondly, he had fellowship with man. Now, this name, Melchizedek, means king of righteousness. And then look at verse 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared... Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Now, we see Christ had human needs. We read that he prayed for those needs with strong crying and tears. And it was through this suffering as a human being that Jesus learned obedience by means of this discipline. But, Mrs. Chin Chin, did Jesus have to learn how to be obedient? Wasn't he born perfect? I believe he had no sin. I always think of uh, disobedience and rebellion as sin. Well, yes, Conwell, but an untested life is a life that proves nothing. If our faith, our obedience, is to be of any value to God or to others, it must be tested. By being tested, Christ was brought to maturity as a human being. Now, let me read you these verses out of the Amplified Bible, uh, verses 9 and 10 here. Then I think you will understand this a little bit better. And his completed experience, making him perfect, he became the author and source of eternal salvation to all those who give heed and obey him, being designated by God as high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now, after explaining the office of the high priest, you see, we come to some strong warnings. The people now are not living as they should. They are not maturing as Christians. The writer of Hebrews has talked about how Christ learned obedience through his sufferings and through his testings. And this brings to mind why these people are not maturing as they should. They are still drinking milk when they should be eating meat. Now look at verse 11. Concerning this we have much to say which is hard to explain since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing. 
For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the first principles of God's Word. You have come to need milk and not meat. So you see, we have the um, business that these people are drinking milk when they should be eating meat. For everyone, we read, who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness. For he is a mere infant, not able to talk yet. And you see, here we have the third of the five warnings in this book of Hebrews. The first was against indifference and neglect, and the second was against unbelief and disobedience. And this third warning is against the lack of progress in the Christian life. And the complaint now is not that they do not have sufficient education or even the ability to understand, but spiritual things, you know, must be spiritually discerned. And these people are lazy. They're saved. They know they're on their way to heaven, and that's all they care about. They have no concern for others. Here they should be teaching others, we read. But instead they just sit there every week in the church and listen to the same parables, the same truths they already know. Have you ever known people like that, Gumball? People that always want to just listen and never feel any desire to share what they know with others? Well, I certainly have, Mrs. Tinchin. People like that in the church are always the ones to be making palaver too. They are immature in their faith. They just know the simplest truths from the Word of God. And so they act like babies. They do not know victory over sin or how to live a powerful Christian life. Now, that's true, Godwell. The Christian life is a growth process. A human being grows physically, automatically, but not so in the spiritual realm. It is possible for a Christian to be a weak, helpless baby all his life, always crying for someone to help him instead of helping others. Well, what is the cause of this, Mrs. Chin-Chin? Well, the reason is that they are lazy. They do not want to make the sacrifices necessary for progress. They are unwilling to forsake all and follow Jesus. Now you see what we read here? Everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness. For he's a mere infant and able, not able to talk yet. But solid food is for full-grown men, for those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. Now, you see, verse 14 takes us to the second stage of the full-grown, mature man. As a human being growing physically depends on years, then this spiritual growth is determined by the way in which the believer yields himself to be used of God. It may take 20 years for a child to become a full-grown man, but this is not necessarily true in the spiritual sense. Of course, there's a certain maturity that does come through experience, but even young, a young Christian can be mature in Christ. And notice the second part of this verse. By reason of use, they have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. Now, you know, I've told you the story of my good friend, Dr. Hemwall, who used to come to help me in my clinic in Sino. And uh, he, whenever a person would have a, a sore uh, arm or a sore leg or something, he would say, well, go ahead and use it. Use it or lose it. And that is what this verse is saying. If we do not use our spiritual gifts, we will lose it. When we exercise our body, 
we stay healthy and strong. When we use what God has given us in our spiritual life, then we grow strong spiritually. It is interesting to see that the reason for this exercise is so that we can discern good and evil. It seems as though the capacity for entering into the deeper spiritual truths does not depend on talent or study, but on our being sensitive to the slightest sin in having a tender heart toward God. Is that true? Well, you're right, Ganwo. In the things of God, a tender conscience and a surrendered will are more important than a high intellect and a lot of education. Perfection in the Christian life, maturity in the Christian life, comes from obedience. What is this solid food we read about here? Well, solid food uh, means the more difficult portions of Scripture, like he's talking about here. Now, Hebrews itself is not a book that too many people want to study because they say they can't understand all this about Melchizedek and the high priest and things like the mediator, the new covenant. They say they don't need to learn all that. But it's understanding of these deeper spiritual truths that help us to grow. You know, Mrs. Tinchin, as I look back at this verse 9 here in chapter 5, I wonder if you will comment on this verse of how Christ is the author of our salvation. What does that mean, to be the author of our salvation? Well, in some places, Ganwell, that is translated the cause of our salvation. It was because of the sacrifice of himself as an offering to God which has secured our eternal deliverance from the penalty of sin. By his death on the cross, he purchased our redemption. And this eternal salvation is available to you today, my friend. It's to all who obey him. This is the obedience of faith. In Acts 5.32, we read that the Holy Spirit is being given to all who obey him. But this obedience is not finished with just one act. It is a whole life of faith. A Christian is one who obeys Jesus Christ. And obedience to Christ is to obey his command, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We are told to take up the cross daily and follow him. And if we follow him, he will make us fishers of men, as he told his disciples in Matthew 4.19. And this is to be our life's vocation. You know, the other day here at African Bible College, one of our professors was giving a message uh, during our morning chapel service, and he told a parable that I would like to share with you. And it concerns being a fisher of men. Now listen carefully. It came to pass that a group existed who called themselves fishermen. Lo, there were many fish in the waters all around, and the fish were hungry. Week after week, month after month, and year after year, these who called themselves fishermen met to talk about their call to fish, the abundance of fish, how they might go about fishing. And year after year, they carefully defined what fishing means defended fishing as an occupation and declared that fishing is always to be a primary task of fishermen. Continually they search for new and better methods of fishing and for new and better definitions of fishing. They sponsored costly nationwide and worldwide congresses to discuss fishing, promote fishing, and hear about the ways of fishing such as the new fishing equipment the fish calls and any new bait. In addition to meeting regularly, they organized a board to send out fishermen to other places where they, there were many fish. All the fishermen seemed to agree that what was needed was a board which could challenge fishermen to be faithful in fishing. Large training centers were built whose original purpose and uh, primary purpose was to teach fishermen how to fish. 
Over the years, courses were offered on the needs of fish, the nature of fish, where to find fish, and how to approach and feed fish. Now, those who had taught doctorates in fishology, but the teachers did not fish. They only taught fishing. And those who were sent out to fish did exactly as those who sent them did. They formed groups and special meetings to define fishing, to defend fishing, and to declare how important fishing was. They talked about the great need for fishing. They prayed much that many fish would be caught. They analyzed the fish and discussed what is necessary in order to catch fish. But one thing they did not do, they did not fish. Now it's true that many of the fishermen sacrificed and put up with all kinds of difficulties. Some lived near the water and bore the smell of dead fish every day. They received the ridicule of some who made fun of their fishermen's clubs and the fact that they claimed to be fishermen yet never fished. Imagine how hurt some were when one day a person suggested that those who don't catch fish are not really fishermen. Is a person a fisherman? if he never catches a fish. Now that's the parable on fishing. But how about you, my friend? Do you call yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ, and yet you have never led a single person to accept him as Savior? Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, and yet not do the things that I command you? You ought to be teaching others, Hebrews tells us, and yet here you are still a baby drinking milk. Oh, my friend today, are you still drinking milk or are you eating meat? Are you feasting on the meat of the Word of God or are you still drinking milk? A weak baby who someone has to hold up, has to always help, or are you strong in the Lord, teaching His Word to others, living in obedience to Him? May you determine today to change your diet and eat plenty meat. Well, thank you, friends, for listening again to Bible College by Radio. May God bless you and keep you in all your ways. Red 